0: God has told Moses where to take the children of Israel who are coming out of Egypt, the exact place where they are to camp. He led them by a cloud by day, and he led them by a pillar of fire by night. And he put them in a place where their back, was to the Red Sea. God hardened Pharaoh's heart so he would pursue after the children of Israel and catch up with them. I believe it was three days later. Exodus 14 And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. The angel of God went before them. Don't you know that angels of God go before us? There's a scripture that says, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and the bars of iron. My angel will go before you. Just like the children of Israel, the angel of God goes before us. In this case, their back was to the Red Sea. Pharaoh was charging after them. Verse 20, the angel of God came between the camp of the Egyptians, and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them of Pharaoh, but it gave light by night to those of the children of Israel, so that the one came not near the other all the night. There was a Jewish man that lived behind me in Lubbock, he was married, and she had had a daughter by a previous husband. The daughter was a lesbian. He and his wife were having a certain anniversary party, and they had so many guests coming to the party, and some were from out of town and spending the night at their house. He called me and said, Would you rent your guest room to me for the weekend? and I said no but you can use it I won't take any money for it he said well my wife's daughter and her friend need a place to stay and we don't have room for them and I just had a real strong quickening who's this friend and I said to him now who's this friend what are we talking about here he said well my wife's daughter is a lesbian and her lover and I said oh no I can't do that I can't have such staying in my house he said well I don't approve of it either and that was all that was said I said but if you have a married couple and you want to use the guest room fine well he never did call me back for anybody to use the guest room a couple of years passed And I never did see him out in the yard or anything. One day, his wife was backing out of the garage, and my garage and her garage kind of faced each other, and our garbage can was in the alley. I was going to the garbage, and she backed out of her garage. And I waited for her, and I said, I haven't seen you in so long. How's Bernard? And she said, he passed away. And I say, he died? And she said, yes, about two years ago. And I said, well, I just didn't know that. This is my first word about it, and I'm so sorry. And she said, I want to talk with you. And I said, fine. She said, I'll come over to your house tonight. I turned my back porch light on so she could come in through the backyard, which was back to her backyard. She was supposed to come over that night. I got some cheese and crackers and snacks, got it ready, and waited. Seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, she didn't come over. I finally went out and closed the gate to my backyard, turned the porch light off. I didn't know what had happened. Later, I realized she wasn't coming over for a chat. She was going to come over and attack me because I had disapproved of her daughter being a lesbian. What does God say in the Bible? He has always shown me If I mention the word homosexual or lesbian, read the scripture aloud to the person. So to you, I'm going to stop and read this scripture aloud. Romans chapter 1. We'll start at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. What about those who say they were born this way? God gave me this scripture in Mark chapter 10. Start at verse 6. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female, not male, female, homosexual, and lesbian, male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh, so then they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. God created them male and female. When a baby is born, how do you know whether it's a man or a woman? Don't you look at it? This has gotten so foolish today. So foolish. Anyway, concerning this woman who had the lesbian daughter, I realized she wasn't coming for a friendly visit. She was coming to attack me because I was against lesbians. Well, I'm against lesbians simply because God says he's against lesbians. He turned them over to these vile affections, and he calls it vile affections. We agree with the Bible when we are of God. It's God's view, not mine. Except my view becomes God's view because I conform myself to what God says in the Bible. I conform my thinking to that. Back to Exodus 14. Verse 21, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry land. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Now, that had to be an act of faith, faith in God to step into that Red Sea with those waters walled up on either side. Verse 23, and the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea Those Egyptians assumed they could do that if those Israelites could do that. They were very wrong. If you see someone doing a miracle, and God has not told you to do it, you better stay out of it. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen at 600 chariots and it came to pass that in the morning watch the lord looked into the host of the egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the egyptians said Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them, on their right hand and on their left. The only way for Israel to go was straight forward. The water was on the right as a wall and on the left as a wall. And Egyptians and their chariots were coming up behind them. They had to go straight forward. And that's the way we are with the word of God. When God gives us a word, they may object on the right hand. They may object on the left hand. They may be chasing us from behind. The only way we can go is forward in the word of God. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses Now that's not going to last very long because once they get into the wilderness across the Red Sea they find no water and they're going to complain against Moses But For right now, they believe in the Lord and the servant Moses. When I was approximately 66 or 67, I was engaged to be married. This was a man whose wife had left him, and I knew he was eligible to remarry because Jesus said in matthew five thirty two to the men, but I say unto you, says Jesus, that whosoever shall put away his wife divorce his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. I knew that Howard was. Eligible to remarry because his wife had a sexual affair with another man, and as I understand it, she divorced Howard and left him and married the other man. So that makes him scripturally eligible to remarry. Howard was a Methodist, claimed to be a Christian. I really should have examined that a little more. But very soon I found out and began to believe he wasn't a Christian. I was already building the house in Lubbock before I met Howard. And my builder was working on it, and very soon I was supposed to move into that house. My builder told me I could put the little house that I'd bought up for sale in July, that the house would be finished in July. But it wasn't finished in July, and the little house sold. I didn't have any place to live. My Church of Christ cousin and her husband, Church of Christ, and Howard said, Well, just move in with Howard. He had an apartment, and Howard was very willing for me to move in with him. But I heard a word from God. It's in First Thessalonians 5. Paul said in verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. That would have been an appearance of evil if I moved into Howard's apartment. So I did not do that. It was amazing to me that another member of the body of Christ would suggest that I do that. Nevertheless, God talked to me And I did not do that. Instead, on the house I was building, we had a fairly large room upstairs that was a mechanical room. We were not planning to finish it out to live in it, though it could be done. I went to my contractor and I said, Could you finish that room out for me to move into? because my little house sold. He said, sure, we can finish it so you can move into it. So we finished the upstairs, and when I had to move out of the little house, I moved into the house we were building and lived upstairs till they finished that house, which was another two or three months. I don't think I moved downstairs till October. Abstain from all appearance of evil. In the meantime, Howard and I made a couple of trips. One is we went to visit Pam Paget. Pam had a guest room, and I slept downstairs on the sofa. En route to <laughs> visit Pam, I was wearing my seatbelt, but it hurt a little bit, so I would take a paper clip and bring the seat belt down as far as i could and put the paper clip at the top of the seat belt so it would be looser and not pull on me howard is german i mean he's born in the united states but his family is german and his characteristics were german i was driving cuz howard was a terrible driver and he never wanted to drive he wanted me to drive so I was driving, and we were going across a very barren area uh, around Clayton, New Mexico, and up around Dalhart, Texas. And Howard looked at me and said, Tell me something. If we hit a tree, would that seatbelt hold you in place? And I said, Probably not. And in a few minutes, he said, but if we had a tree, <laughs> would that seatbelt hold you? And I said, no, I don't think so. And I think he said it a third time. Finally, I woke up and I said, Howard, look around here. There's not a tree in sight. And even Howard laughed. Well, it became very clear to me. He wasn't even born again. He, faithfully attended the methodist church and i remember he was very nervous about my being a minister and he read some of the writings and he didn't really object to what i was writing at that time but he said you won't have to go down on the street corner and preach will you i said oh i hope not <laughs> i mean i not only do i hate being outside uh, in the weather <laughs> in the heat but I'm not an evangelist I'm an apostle prophet and we don't know what we'll be doing until the time comes God might tell you to do that but I just said oh I hope not he was still a little nervous about marrying me and I was beginning to be nervous about marrying him and that was to be in September, and the month that I moved upstairs into the construction area was July. Before that, I said something to Howard that caused him to not want to marry me, and he backed off. But we were at one point at my cousin's house. He slept in the guest room. I was in the living room. My cousin and her husband, they were in Albuquerque and they left the house to go get something and Howard and I were alone at the house. The subject came up of the Red Sea and Pharaoh and he said, Pharaoh was on the bank and was not killed. I said, that's not right. Pharaoh was killed also in the Red Sea. He said, well, in the movie Ten Commandments, Cecil B. DeMille showed that he was on the bank and not killed. I think it was Yul Brenner who played Pharaoh. Anyway, I don't see, usually see that kind of show. I don't get my doctrine from what Hollywood says the Christian doctrine is. My doctrine comes from the Bible. We were at my cousin's house, and I didn't even know if she had a Bible. And I thought she had a Bible, but I didn't know where it was. But then I remembered my car, which we were in, had a Bible in the back seat. I said to Howard, I'll go out to the car and get the Bible. He said, oh, it doesn't matter. I said, oh, yes, it does matter. So I went out to the Bible, and I read this accounting from Exodus 14 aloud to Howard. And I said, now, was Pharaoh killed in the Red Sea or not? He said, well, yes, it does say that Pharaoh was killed with all his men. I said, well, I don't get my doctrine from Cecil B. DeMille and Hollywood. You get it from the Bible. Howard broke up with me sometime in... September, I suppose. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today. We're going to play for you Paganini Concerto for Violin and Orchestra, number one. Paganini was one of the greatest violinists that ever lived. It was in the late part of the 1700s, and every story about him is he could. Do anything on a violin. He also wrote these compositions which shows he could do anything on the violin because they are very difficult. I found a recording that we could transfer to you of a wonderful violinist. I didn't know him, but I played several violinists. I believe I played several, I usually do, before choosing which one we're going to play. On these podcasts, Salvatore Accardo from Italy, wonderful violinist. I didn't know him until I started putting these uh, music on this podcast. He is accompanied by the London Philharmonic Orchestra, very, very fine match in the way he plays and the way the London Symphony matches the sound it is a recording from 1975 niccolo paganini concerto for violin and orchestra number one
1: we Thank you.